Welcome to Sales is Not a Dirty Word, the show that proves if it's a fit, it's a fact. I'm your host, revolutionary sales coach Alicia Barr, the creator of the Matchmaker Sales Method. If you're a solopreneur who's ready to grow your profits and impact without pain, pressure, or pretending to be someone else, then this is for you. Today's episode is going to be a continuation of the short episode series I've done, How to Sell Like a Natural. And today we're going to talk about the better way to overcome objections because it's one of the main things that are talked about in sales that have listicles that people say, this is exactly how you do it. It's one of the things people are most interested in because when somebody has an objection at the end of the call, the initial feeling is to get defensive. It's like, are you saying I'm not good enough? Let me sit here and prove all the ways that I'm good enough. Let me just give you all of this value and just dump it all over you. Or some people get a deer in the headlights look where they just sort of freeze up and are like, okay, bye. Um, And there are easy ways to deal with it that don't trigger an emotional reaction like defensiveness, that don't make the other person feel small, the prospect, and that don't make you feel small all of a sudden, right? So... The normal way that people overcome objections is essentially making somebody feel like their objection is not valid, right? So imagine that you tell um, a salesperson, I'm not sure if this is right for me, or I don't know if this is the right time. And they sit there and tell you all the reasons that it is. Are you listening to them? Probably not, because you expect them to tell you why your objection isn't valid. And so you're not going to believe what they're saying that much. You're really going to take it with a grain of salt, if if even like probably more than one grain of salt. And maybe just ignore it altogether. And it's also kind of irritating, right? Because you're sitting there telling them a valid concern of yours and they're saying, oh, no, 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 that's not a concern. So there is a way to do this And you can come from the frame of it being a fit and you will have a lot more success. So what does that mean, right? When somebody proposes an objection, instead of getting defensive and telling them all the reasons that their objection isn't real or doesn't matter or whatever, you're going to get genuinely curious because the truth is you want to know if what they're bringing up is a real issue also, because then they're either A, not a fit to work with you and you want to know that or B, it's not in their best interest to work with you. And that's something that you really want to care about too, because if it's not in their best interest, they're either not going to get the results they need, they're, they're, they're going to come in with like scarcity and fear and desperation, uh, which is never a good vibe to have with a client. So you really only want positive client relationships and objections are signals that this could not be a positive client relationship. And you want to dig into that, right? So let me give some examples in what this sounds like, the difference between the two. So somebody mentions, this seems very time consuming. And the typical way to respond to that objection would be, well, it's really not. There's um, all these step-by-step videos as well as transcripts and they're only, you know, five minutes each and blah, 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 right? Just tell them all the reasons that it's not true. And instead, you could say something like, well, how much time do you have? How much time do you think this takes? 
and have a conversation about it because a lot of times objections are simply a lack of clarity or confusion about something that you've said, or they're not even sure internally. So a lot of times when you start to have this conversation about time, they sit there and say, well, I guess, you know, I guess I do have enough time when they really think about it and and talk it through with you, it's clear that they do, or that maybe they thought that it was going to take five hours a week and it's only one hour a week and that's very doable for them. And you wouldn't be able to uncover that if you just told them all the reasons that it's quote unquote, not time consuming, right? So another one that really upsets people is to say, that's expensive, or that's more than I was expecting. So a lot of people tell you to just be quiet, at this part, or to tell you if you're following one of the more pain-based frameworks, they tell you, well, I guess you're just going to be, you know, homeless and divorced and your kids are going to think you're a loser. So good luck with that. You know, it's not expensive compared to the horrible life or outcome that you're going to have. Isn't that worth it? So kind of shaming somebody into uh, buying, which anybody that comes in that way is probably not going to be a great client. And a lot of times they refund. So anyway, you can ask them, what were you expecting? What gave you the idea for that number in mind? Have you seen this service around that price range before? Is that what your budget allows? Is that what the result is worth to you? Um, you know, you really want to talk it through with them because a lot of times people have a, a very strange context that they're, com they're using to compare price, right? So they'll say, for example, well, I can get this on Udemy, like a course on Udemy for $20. And you're able to say, but does Udemy have one-on-one -on -one support, your own dashboard, um, you know, blueprints and templates or whatever it is about you that makes you different, and when you talk through that, you can say, does that make a difference for you that that is included? Or does it not? Is it not something you feel like you really need? Because if it's not, then fine. You know, I don't want to force this on you. But a lot of times they just have an incorrect context for how they framed the price in their head. And you, you want to point out the differences between whatever, what they were basing it on and what the reality is, right? Another one might be, it's not the right time for us right now. And again, some people would use that shaming tactic about, well, when is the right time? And does that mean it's never the right time? And I guess you're just going to struggle for a while longer or whatever, making them feel really bad about the decision. And instead, you can ask, what's going on right now? What's your timeline? What does your year look like? And dig into it and understand if it really isn't a good time, if they really are overcommitted, or if they have pockets of time that make this the right time, or if they have something coming up in the next few months that they want to have a marketing plan in place for, if you're a marketing agency, for example. So having this transparent discussion makes it feel like you're an expert guiding them through the process to make the best decision for them instead of convincing them of something. Because there's a, there's a saying that is so true, Everybody likes to buy and nobody likes to be sold. And when you are defensively overcoming objections and convincing, it feels like you're trying to sell them and nobody responds well to that, right? They want to feel like they 
were the people who came to the conclusion themselves. So I always say that the most successful sales call is one where the prospect forgot it was a sales call and just started talking to you like you were an expert helping them. That is the ideal. And overcoming objections from this frame of if they're a fit really, really helps with that. And it helps you find information that you didn't have until you asked those questions. So I can't tell you how many times this has saved sales and made a huge difference in the type of transparent conversation and the trust built between the prospect and the person selling it because they're willing to explore that conversation with them. And it's really a pattern interrupt too, right? Because they're expecting them to convince them. And so when they don't and instead ask them questions that help them convince themselves, they're just taken off guard. It's easy for them to forget that they're talking to a quote unquote salesperson, right? And it gives the impression that you only have their best interests in mind. All right, that's a good stopping point for us. And so we've reached the end of yet another episode of Sales is Not a Dirty Word. This was the episode about overcoming objections from the frame of, is this a fit? And I hope it's been helpful for you. The next episode will cover what to do when someone says, let me think about it and get back to you, which just stops people right in their tracks most of the time. And there is an effective way to deal with it that does not feel salesy and gets you the information you need while converting the other person. In the meantime, if there's something in your sales process that you think is holding you back from closing more sales and you don't know what it is, then book a sales quick fix call. I will look at your process or listen to a sales call or talk it through with you and immediately identify the gaps and give you at least three ahas that you can implement to increase your sales immediately. It's also a great way to see if we're a fit to work together. Either way, you walk away with value. I hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see you next time.